No. What's your least favorite scary movie? Oi, oi! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie, the podcast where we talk about our least favorite aspects and most debatable opinions of our most favorite scary movies. We fight over our favorites. My name's Jesse. My name is Travis. And that's the last we're going to laugh tonight. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> There's plenty of uh, fun to be had, even though we're talking about a fucking gruesome movie this week. We are talking about Eden Lake, Jesse's new most favorite movie. So you know how there's those movies that just scare the shit out of you, even though objectively you're like, this probably isn't even the worst thing I've ever seen? Yeah. That's kind of how this one is for me. I'm just like so tense throughout watching it. For those of you who do not know what Ian Lake is, first of all, this is a continuation of our Cabin in the Woods summer, where we are doing a Cabin in the Woods movie each each week. Which, or... by the way, I remembered what my nightmare was last night, and it was us camping in the woods. Oh. So I think this is starting to take a toll on me. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is um, so yeah, this is our Cabin in the Woods themed event that we're doing. This movie is very loosely Cabin in the Woods. There is a Cabin in the Woods at one point, but sort of, you know, I I wanted to watch it because one, we had never fully gotten to see it before because Jesse made us stop watching it the last time we started. Yeah. So what happened was Travis was like, "Hey, let's watch it," and the entire time I'm incredibly uncomfortable and um sweaty and tense and sick and then talia needs to be walked and travis comes in and i had changed it to something else and he's like so we're not finishing it and i was like not tonight yeah and like, then several years later here we are i found my opportunity to make you actually have to watch it you want to hear the really fucked up thing about it what so you would think that now that i've seen it and i know what happens i'd be good to watch it again but after we watched half of it last time, I can't stand to not know how things end. Yeah. So I actually looked up the entire plot, so I knew how it ended before we even went you did? into it yesterday. Dude, why would you do that? Because I didn't envision a world where I would ever agree to finish watching this movie. How long ago did you do that? Like right after we stopped watching it. Oh, you looked it up way back yeah, then. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about like... No. Okay. In between the gym... Us eating and then us starting to watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. I don't know. That's enough time. Oh, yeah. But Eden Lake. It's, it's available uh, on Tubi if you're in America. Yeah. And it's a, it's a movie about two people. They're in England, I believe. London or something. I don't know. That in one of them, that there countries. That was, <laughs> wow, that was bad. I am sorry to our UK listeners. Yeah, we do have some I've, English friends I've too. I've done so. better than that. Well, no. we don't have English friends now. No. <laughs> but yeah, it's about a couple that decide to go to a quarry because it is being developed into a condo um, or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So, do quarry and lake, are those the same things in Britain? Because I feel like in America, a quarry is not the same thing as a lake. No, I think it's the same thing. I think what you think of is like a drained quarry, which, you know, mm. yeah, which is probably what was going to happen to this one, too. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. But, um, yeah, they go there because it's about to be turned into a whole commercial thing, and he wants to show his um, girlfriend, soon-to-be fiance 
potentially what it was like because he had such fond memories of it as a kid. And um, they encounter some little shits. And it's really, if, if you break it down to just like talking about it like this, like a family or a couple go on vacation and encounter really irritating oh, like, uh, teenagers. Fucking uh, funny games. Uh, funny games is a little bit different. It's kind of similar. No, funny games is that exactly when you break it down to its bare bones, it's exactly oh, that. Well, that's like people actually entering their home. This is just people out like camping and then like they, there's like a bunch of asshole teenagers. But yeah, but it was know. their vacation home. Yeah, but so that's home invasion. This is completely different territory in my opinion. But you just said if you break it down, a couple or family going on vacation and kids coming around fucking up their day. That is the, the barest thing, definition I would give of funny games. No, that's true. I, I know what you're saying. My thing is people encounter asshole teenagers all the time. It's such a common yes, thing. Yes, that's what makes this so scary. Exactly. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows my stance on teenagers. This is, that, this is what I'm saying. Like it's like when you break it down to just that, like that happens all the time. You don't go on your summer vacation home and like, you know, people like break into your house all the time. That doesn't happen all the time. I don't have a summer vacation home. Exactly. I'm poor. According to this movie, I would be one of the people ruining somebody else's vacation. This movie is fairly classist. Yeah, but that's my point. And that was the director's point too. This movie is directed by James Watkins. He wanted to take... Oh, you mean James Watkins? What? We're gonna stop. Now we definitely yeah. don't have our British friends anymore. But yeah. why are we calling them that? They've been on the podcast. Kieran and Stefan. Yeah. But anyways, that's what <laughs> the director was going for with this. He wanted to take something that's such a like a common experience, um, something that um, gets to people at a primal level and it's relatable. I was literally like, before we came in here, I was scrolling through Reddit and it was like, what's it was like non-boomers, what's the most boomer thing you say? And somebody was like, teenagers are fucking scary. And everybody was like, yeah, you don't, like, three or more teenagers, you don't want to be around that shit. Just not just don't. teenagers in general. Just teenagers whenever they're acting like, you know, assholes. That is teenagers. Not all teenagers. It is all teenagers. Not all of them. Come on, I there's have, good teenagers there out there. There are good teenagers, and I'm not saying, like... All teenagers are assholes. That doesn't mean they're going to grow up to be assholes, and it doesn't mean they're assholes 100% of the time. It just means that it's a time in your life where your hormones are running wild, you're still developing in your brain and trying to develop like a moral center um, to your being. You're figuring things out. You don't fully understand how to socialize. Teenagers are tiny little assholish psychopaths. It's not their fault. It's the way human beings are. I know what you're saying. I was like that as a teenager. I'm sure you were too. Not to like a degree where I'm I would not be talking about murder. I'm talking about you're not like actually. I don't. I never went out of my way to be rude to people in public, like strangers. Like if I, I would like. There were times where I was kind of an asshole to people that I was friends with or like you know friendly with. You know, it's kind of like picking on each other. But I would never do anything to a stranger. Okay, so you never talked at a movie theater when you were a teenager. I did do stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not... I know that, yeah. Yeah, like, teenagers are assholes because they don't fully understand how the world works in that kind of a way. And obviously, this is a broad generalization. Yeah. And there's different degrees of asshole psychopathy. 
But, you know, this is the worst of the worst, obviously. And this is what, you know. This is what you fear whenever you have to have that time when you're out in public or you're at a movie theater and there's the teenagers that are down the row from you and they're making a lot of noise and you feel some kind of pressure to like have to go over and say something. It's the fear of confrontation and not knowing how it's going to go because on one end, yeah, you're the adult and you kind of have age at your advantage, but on the other end, they're children. So if you do anything to them- nothing to lose exactly they have nothing to lose and they have everything on their side pretty much you can't do anything physically or you know so it's kind of you have to just hope that your intimidation works and that's kind of what happens in this movie it doesn't go well and Mm -hmm. you know we'll talk about that whenever we get to it but it's um yeah i recommend this to anybody who wants like just anything tense like if you feel like you've been watching horror movies and you don't feel like they're doing the trick anymore, just sit down and watch this. Maybe no one even listen to what we're going to say after this. Like You can listen um, up to this point, go watch it, and then come back. Because yeah. um, Jesse, she'll probably actually... She has already shared a picture of what her heart rate was like yeah. during watching this. Yeah, so if you follow us on Twitter, I'll go ahead and plug it now, at least Faith Pod. Um, then you saw some of my tweets when we had breaks during the movie, um, where I was just talking about how uncomfortable I was and how sweaty I was. And I'm not going to lie. I was at work. It was like the last 10 minutes before I had to leave. And I was thinking about coming home and recording, talking about this. And like, I started sweating all over again. So we went to the gym yesterday then we had an awkward social interaction at Dunkin' Donuts. And then we played with Talia outside and then we watched this movie, and then we clipped all of the pet's nails, and all of that um, registered as cardiovascular activity on my Fitbit. Um, so yeah, according to Fitbit, I had like eight hours of physical activity yesterday. So, and a big portion of that was the movie because my heart rate was just like sky high the entire time. It's a noticeable spike. Yeah. During tense parts. Yeah, but I posted a picture of that on our Twitter feed because I was like, what the fuck? This movie kind of gets compared a lot to the French extremists, I think, like, renaissance that they had Mm. during this time. Yeah. Because it kind of came out around the same time, but it's, you know, it's not a French movie. It's not, but I can see it's got that same, like, relentlessness to it. Yeah, it's it's got that brutality to it yeah it um like inside yeah that one that one makes me really uncomfortable to watch too that's one we've only watched one time yeah that's one with the the pregnant lady yeah 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 that one there there are some movies that like i said they just they hit you in a certain kind of way and there are probably some people out here that are like you're a big fucking moron baby and that's a valid viewpoint to have in life but you know, this is one of those for me that it just hits the things that deep in in my my um, instinctual whatever my ancestors were running from yeah. millennia ago. It was like probably teenage bullies, like from another clan or whatever. Yeah. Like, and so like <laughs> me now in twenty twenty one is like, mm, nope, that's why we don't trust strangers. Like. <laughs> So I don't know. It it just uh, it makes me really uncomfortable every time I watch it or read about it. It plays a lot on your tensions. Yeah. Um, it's actually 
just from looking up what the director has said about it, um, you would think it's kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre in that you think that it's really gory, but they don't really show a lot of the gore in this movie. Mm-mm. You see you the s- aftermath, yeah. but you see some like you see some, and when you what you do see is really fucking nasty. But yeah, they they make their visual effects count in this movie. Yeah, I mean this all goes to my credit as to why I think that this is a good movie and why I chose it because Jesse just didn't want to watch it and I'm like, dude, you have to watch it. It's a really fucking good movie. I hadn't seen it all the way before either, but from what we had seen, we saw maybe like 30 minutes of it before we had to cut it off last time. Dude, I don't even know if we made it that far. Yesterday, every time we stopped, I was like, we've only watched 20 minutes of it. We still have 45 fucking minutes of it. We still have... 30 minutes of it. I swear, every time I was like, we gotta be almost done. And then we, we never were. It was, we watched, it was never ending. We definitely watched up to 30 minutes because this is like a spoiler alert and also a warning for people who are watching. Um, we watched to the point where the dog dies. And yeah, I know that much because I remember that. Because that's kind of what sparks what happens throughout this film. It's like, um, hmm. The reverse of uh, whatever that fucking Keanu movie is. Um, the one I won't watch because it's basically John about his dog dying. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Which, that's kind of weird because I, I understand that, but that's just the first bit of it, and the rest of it is about revenge, which is satisfying in that context. Mm-hmm. I, I've not seen them because, you know, I just haven't wanted to watch them by myself, but I would watch them. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily love movies that are set up on the premise of seeking revenge. You don't? Like, yeah. Like, I'm not big on rape revenge movies for that same reason. Like, Yeah. I don't want to see violent acts just so that way we can have more violent acts. Like, when stuff happens at the climax where the, like, hero is fighting their way out, that's cathartic, but, like okay, here's a big brutal moment right here up at the beginning and then we're going to spend the rest of the movie seeking revenge. That doesn't feel as cathartic to me. It just feels exploitative. It's interesting that you talk about that because the director makes a point of that in this movie too, which we'll go over that (laughs) whenever we get to that point. But um, I have not, and just so everybody knows, uh, when one of us picks the movie, they're the one that does like all of the background research on it for the most part. Sometimes... You know, like one of us will have a question that we look up for our own edification. Um, But like a lot of that background stuff, whoever picked the movie is the one that looks that stuff up. So I have no background information on this movie. I just have having watched it. Yeah, this is one where IMDb failed me. So I had to actually like put effort into looking up things. Probably not the worst thing. No, it's not because I, I feel like I've got way more like information and kind of got a little bit more of a deep dive of what he wanted to do with this movie and you know some interesting things that he was going for but this is probably a good transition into that background information you know director actors right um any uh titbits that don't fit elsewhere in the conversation okay yeah so let's go ahead and get that out of the way so we've already discussed uh, the director james watkins pronounce it correctly james watkins i'm sorry everybody <laughs> I'm not. Um, so, James Watkins, this was his very first movie. We've seen some of his stuff. This was his first movie? This was his first movie. His first directorial Coming debut. out hot. Yeah. Hot, 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 hot. 
Um, and really, it doesn't really um, kind of match this kind of feel throughout. I'm going to just tell you the things that are most notable. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he started with this. His follow-up movie to this was Woman in Black, which I have not seen. It's the one with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, I was going to say, is that the Harry Potter post-Harry yeah. Potter? Yeah, I have seen that. Um because there were a lot of people in the theater that were very upset about seeing Harry Potter in a horror movie, and me and Taylor were like, "Why would they be upset what? about that?" Because people are stupid. Yeah, that is stupid. Because you know, all teenagers are asshole psychopaths to some degree, and some of them will grow up to be adults that are very well rounded as a result of their years of teenage psychopathy, and some of them just grow up to be idiots. Fair. So. He wrote the screenplay for The Descent 2. He did not direct it, I don't think. I have not seen the second one. You haven't? Mm-mm. Oh, we should watch it. Really I like good. the original ending of The Descent, though, so I don't like to think that there's this that the yeah. sequel is canon. The second one's not bad, so I, I recommend it. Um, and the last thing that I know him for, he directed an episode of Black Mirror. Which one? And it's one of my favorites. Which one? Shut Up and Dance. Hey! That one's that fucked one? up! Yeah! It's yeah. the one where a kid gets blackmailed and yeah, like spyware I, him and on his like literal spyware on his computer on his, on his um he gets his webcam and he's getting paired with somebody pee-pee. yeah he gets paired up with somebody else who's also being blackmailed and they're being like sent text messages of like illegal shit to do um they basically have to run up their gta rating up to five stars and try and get away with it it's really fun i, I got one of those it. um like fake phishing emails at work telling me that they got um, footage of me looking up pornography and masturbating and i was Seriously? like yeah i was like i don't even have a camera at my desk at work so sounds dick that's the thing that you point out it's not that you didn't masturbate at work it's like i don't even have a camera <laughs> so i mean i could say that i didn't masturbate but are you gonna believe me you can tell i don't have a camera i have a camera now because of zoom meetings all the time mm-hmm. but okay also the fact that my office is all glass like <laughs> Well, some people get off on that shit, so I don't know, man. But let's move on. Um, so there's not a lot of characters in this movie, so we'll go with the main couple. We have Kelly Riley as Jenny, the girlfriend, and her boyfriend is Michael Fassbender, who plays Steve. Other than that, I think really the only other... I'm going to just name the main asshole teen, um, Brett, Brett, who is played by Jack O'Connell. He's been on a lot of things, but nothing that we've really watched. Yeah, he kind of has a look and yeah. voice where you like think Like, he's that a you good, like, him. action-y type of actor, but I don't do a lot of action unless it's horror adjacent. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a very small cast, but it's really effective, used to its benefit. For sure. So, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, what did you rate this movie? Okay, so this is tricky for me, because... I normally go on gut for, like, the enjoyment I got watching the movie. Yeah. I don't usually, like, is this an objectively good or bad movie, you know? hmm But I didn't enjoy watching this movie. Like, I never want to watch it again. Like, I could never watch it again. For all the fine. right reasons. Yeah. Though. Like, it's like you, when we first met, you told me Requiem for a Dream was your favorite movie. And you're like, I've only seen it once. I've seen it twice. And then we watched it again, you again, me the first time. 
And then you're like, cool, I'm good. And that was like eight years ago. And we have it on DVD and haven't watched it again. Uh, it's, it's out on 4K now. I'm tempted to buy it and watch <laughs> it again. But yeah, that movie fucks you up. And then you made fun of me for like having a sad day and listening to Lux Eterna on repeat at work. <laughs> That's just making it worse, though. That's just like... But uh, all of that is to say... That I'm struggling with my rating today because I think it's a very effective movie, but I also hate it. So, I just don't... Just say whatever, man. You have a way... You can change your vote at the end of the discussion. Okay. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with an 8 because I think it works really well as a horror movie. Okay. Like, I don't want to give it a full 10 because it doesn't have the rewatchability for me. I'm surprised you gave it an 8, though. I thought you were going to go lower. I don't want to go low just because it scared me. Like, that feels shitty. Like, yeah, it's I, like, I what you. do you, like, you, you know? You said you were going based off of gut, and you're like, I really didn't like this movie, so I'm giving it a 1. Too scary. <laughs> it's too scary. You made me cry. I sweat. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go go 8 just because I feel like it deserves that and maybe we'll talk about it and I'll feel less scared and I'll lower it or maybe like I'm sweating again just thinking about having it. It's also super hot. Yeah, that is true also and I'm still in like my fucking thick ass cotton work dress. Yeah, that's so stupid of you. Why would you do that? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you're writing this on the back of your help sign. (laughs) (laughs) She wrote... um, Travis uh, is taking videos and pictures of me during the process so I, I put up a little help sign. It's like, I did, well, I kind of did force you to watch it because it was my pick, but, you know, it toughened you up. I'm a worse person for having seen this movie. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to, I think this is my first 10 of the show, but this is going to be a 10 for me because, Damn. holy shit, this movie takes you for a fucking ride. It doesn't let up. It doesn't even end well. Like, yeah, like I like I said, I knew the ending was coming, and when it was happening, I was like, "No!" I didn't know. I had no idea, and like, oh boy, it it fucking guts you. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, great, super effective movie, super creepy, and this is people who watch horror movies all the time. Huge endorsement from us. Yes. If you want to get scared. All right, so the movie starts off. In what I first wrote to be a daycare, but on second consideration, is probably a kindergarten because there's like things with the alphabet and stuff on the walls. Yeah, they're playing a game of Pikachu Peekaboo. Oh my god, that's what I wrote too. Is it? Yes. Ah, uh, because they're going Pika 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 Peekaboo. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a little bit older, older kids. Yeah, but uh, so she's in there playing. Peekaboo, and Michael Fassbender's out in his like luxury SUV. It's um, a Jeep. Yeah. It's not. It's not Jeep brand. It's like. Is it not? No. No. I think it's like a fancier brand, like Range Rover type or something. It's all terrain, whatever. Yeah. Need it later. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not saying that to look at this douchey fucking guy. Like it's just like class is important to the story. So. Is it? Yeah. Because I never really kind of considered class being a thing. I thought it was mostly about, you know, how you raise your children. Yeah, but that inherently, there's like, there's a class element to it because it's not taking into account, like, you know, working parents, single parents, you know, when lower, like, issues that 
come into account with lower income households. And there's even a point later on where he's like, oh, yeah, you got fucking Ray-Ban Wayfarers or whatever. I just like, like I said that because he was a teenager. Like, he can't afford that. Yeah, no, but I just, I think there's, like, there's, it's not over and it's not in your face, but it is meant to be there. And, like, even when they go to the quarry, there's, like, you know, the one side says future site of Eden Lake. And on the back, somebody spray painted, um, fuck off yuppie cunts. Yeah, I saw that. So, like, it, there's an element of it there. And think about, like, how people are always like, oh, well, you want to be careful around those people. And it's always wrong side of the tracks, thinking about lower income, which um, I can't speak to other countries, but I know in America a lot of times that correlates with um, people of different race, which isn't – it's a correlation, not a causation thing, and it's very complex, and I'm not going to try and untangle all of that right here, right now. All of that's just to say that, you know – Lower class doesn't always equal bad, doesn't always equal bad parenting, doesn't always equal white or a person of color. Like, okay. none of that is all meant to, you know, be one causing the other. But they are systemic issues that you have to think about that, you know, a lot of what they're talking about on the radio, like as he picks her up and they're driving to the week in a way, they're hearing the radio story talking about this bill about like, the way parents need to be raising their kids. And these are the types of things that come across that are, you know, simple for a professional politician that's pulling in, you know, a livable income more on their own. Income. Yeah, more than a livable income on their own per year. It's a lot easier for them to address those types of issues within their own household. And they're not thinking about the people that aren't, you know, that have additional barriers there. And that's not to say that low-income people raise their children poorly because they they're low-income. Yeah, there's more obstacles, and those are the types of things that always that aren't always considered. And sometimes there's even this element of when you talk about things like you know parenting issues, it's a workaround for talking like trying to penalize the lower class. Even like think about the purge movies. Like yeah, they say they're they're, they're targeting they're tar- yeah <laughs> but like but the whole point of the purge is they say they're trying to lower the crime rate but really what they're trying to do is yeah, eliminate the lower people. income yeah. yeah um so that that's an element that is throughout this film I never really considered that Let me, I always like, thought it was mostly about parenting like how it influences because I mean we get that especially at the ending and because we just see him basically mirroring you know his dad's behavior yeah like but his dad is an abusive asshole which yeah, he could, which he could never... be if whether or not he was low income yeah but like that's what i'm saying like i just thought it yeah. was mostly about mostly but you see it wasn't that... even about them being like poor or anything like some of the, the parents are straight up neglectful but like we've got the one mom that works at the diner and the the that Jenny and Steve meet. Yeah, and, and she's, she's kind like of not my kids. She's yeah. yeah, she's very That's nothing to do with like that right there. I understand what you're saying because I I agree that those are issues that Oh no, yeah. I'm not and I'm not saying that it that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to all be related to that. Yeah. I'm just saying you can't talk about this stuff without ignoring things like that and I think that's part of the message there but like even you look at adam's character you know i i don't know we never meet his mom or anything but we know part of the reason he's out in the woods and kind of gets drawn into this group is just because 
his mom has to work. And she's it's like, because okay. he's getting bullied. No, but like he's out in the woods in the first place because she's at work. She drops him off at the woods. He goes, he studies his caterpillars. He tries to do his homework and be like a good little boy. But he's out there with these other kids that are roaming around because he's, you know, in a position where his mom has to work and doesn't have any other means to really take care of him. Boy, you so took a lot in- more from this movie than I did. <laughs> like I, none of this ever occurred to me. I just thought like kids go and do that. Like, rich, I don't think, like, rich kids can be assholes too, and I'm not no, saying I'm not even that talking it's about that. okay. Like, kids go out and just wander around the woods and do homework and are just curious about nature. Like I never really thought, like, oh, this kid is having to do this because his mom's poor. Like I just thought, like, he wanted I mean, to go. We, he was fascinated with that stuff. He was doing it for fun. And we don't necessarily know that that's what the situation is, but you know, it's something. It's something to be considered. Yeah. And I don't want. I don't want anybody listening to this for me to say like. This movie is saying that the lower class people are evil because that's not what it's meant to be. I just do think that there is an element of it there, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, that this is... And and that's what makes this movie so scary to me, too. Because, like, if it was adults that were being, like, absolute psychopaths, that's scary. But, like, with kids, there's deeper issues to it. it. It's the way society is set up is failing them. Yeah, okay. Like, um, the kids are the bad guys, but also, in a way, they're victims, too. Yeah. A lot of this is about... Does that make sense? I really don't want people to think that I'm classist. No, you're, ma- you're making sense. <laughs> okay. Because, I mean, it, I mean, class definitely proposes issues for lower-income families. They have way more difficulties doing things. Therefore, they have more issues when it comes to, like, actually being able to properly yeah, raise it, their children. It, as where people it, who have more money... They can afford people to raise their kids for them. Yeah, it's harder to live and thrive when you're on survival mode. Yeah, I get that. You're not coming across as okay. like classist or anything. Yeah. Like, I'm just, my thing was just, like, I never even considered that. And I just took away the peer pressure. It was basically one of the main motivators of well, the Oh, it's a huge part of it, too. Yeah. It's I mean, a, it's, kind it's of, a that's gigantic part of the it. The director said that, too. Like, it's, a, um, all of this is about, like, peer pressure. Like, and even downright to like um, Jenny, like pressuring Steve to like keep co- you know confronting these people because you know I guess because he's the man in the relationship. Like whenever she wasn't pushing him, she was trying to get him to stop. There's multiple times when not initially she, like whenever they were in the hotel room, she mentioned to them was like, "Are you gonna make him stop?" I know she kind of like said it playfully, but she also kind of did the same thing. She was giving him looks whenever they were on the beach too that was kind of like suggesting like are you going to do something about this i feel like that was it did i look too far into that i uh, just kind of no i think we just had a different interpretations of it okay because i mean i feel like that there you know for men there are certain just oh yeah no there's definitely like societal pressures a lot of this is social commentary yeah it is yeah he um, he made a point of like like i said he peer pressure was a major factor in a lot of the motives in this movie and it's more so with the kids because i think a lot of the kids really didn't want to do 90 percent of what happened they didn't and like you know i playfully say asshole psychopath which i know that sounds like a thing that you can't say playfully but hopefully you all are listening and you know me by now um but like brett's an actual psychopath yeah, he's straight like, up his, yeah, yeah, he's like an actual, like, I don't, I truly don't think he feels empathy. 
No, he doesn't. He he understands enough social cues to get his way, which is what makes psychopaths scary. But I don't think he feels any like real emotions for other people. No, um, out of that whole group, he doesn't, and I think Mark. the other Mark is also the other psychopath. Yeah, because Mark was the only one that didn't really have to be convinced to get in on the whole uh, stabby stab. He brought his own knife. Yeah, well, it was a box cutter. Got on a tangent there, but no, it's important. It's important to the movie. I think I think we're bringing up a lot of things, and maybe they weren't meant to be there, but you know. I think that's one of the great things about movies is that you can get your own interpretation and your own meaning from it. And I just, you know, I, I, that was something that hit me was like some of the struggles that come from like a working class um, environment that a lot of the times the, the kids are, you know, hanging out together. Yeah. And then, you know, shit can go awry. Yeah. No, I, I definitely understand. And then, like you said, there's a lot of peer pressure that goes on. There's a lot of societal pressure to fit certain roles. Yeah, I just thought, you know, with that, we see it with all three groups. We see it. I perceived it with the couple. I, it's definitely there with the group of kids. And it's also there in the end with the parents. Yeah, with the parents, for sure. So, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, there's... Like we said, this plays off of like a lot of like you know deep anxieties that um, people generally have. It seems over the top, but in one of those ways that you could see it happening. Too. I feel like this right here is just kind of this so far has been like therapy. Like the two of us just like yeah, we're just still processing. I'm yeah. glad we didn't talk about it right after watching it, honestly, because having more time to develop my thoughts, I think is better than me just going fuck this movie for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so like I said, there. You know, we kind of touched a lot of the, a lot of the plot, but like some of the things that we see along the way. So they're going to this quarry. They stop at a bed and breakfast the first night, and it's a bit um, raucous, I guess is a word you could use. Yeah. Um. There's there's kids still running around late at night. There's and, arguments going on outside the home or the uh, the bed yeah. and breakfast. Well, like, so the the parent the. The kids running around outside late at night, it, like, that was an interesting one for me. Because kids of a certain age do need to go to bed at a certain time. Um, but it's also one of those that it's like, okay, so you know that this is technically what's developmentally best for children, but also it's like, you don't know what's going on in the own individual family, like what's been happening, why their schedule is the way it is today, mm-hmm. you know, Um I always try to give the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, you know, we just see them running around. It also seems questionable that they're at a bar. But then I think about, like, Mary breweries. Flynn. Yeah, breweries are such a big thing here in Lexington. And they're not, like, they're not straight-up bars because a lot of them serve food. A lot of them have games. A lot of them are open more traditional, like, daytime restaurant hours versus bar hours. Mm-hmm. And you see kids. And let me tell you, it is the most, like disarming thing if you're not used to that it's really weird um yeah there's a couple i mean a lot of the breweries around here one in particular should we like i mean it's mirror twin yeah like i love Um, mirror twin and during the day i can see why like because it's near a bunch of other places it's near other actually like we come off of hiking and it's near there like i can see how parents wind up there with their kids and yeah you know, I don't want to make any judgments because I don't know what kind. Like, we don't have kids, 
I don't want to judge what I would do with kids, what I would think is and isn't appropriate, because I think it's a lot easier to judge from on the other side. But then there are some things that I do think you can objectively be like, the mom slaps her child. We have so much research saying hitting your children isn't a good way to discipline. And I'm sorry for those of you out there that feel very strongly about it. Actually, you know what? No, I'm not sorry. Like it. Yeah. The research is there. It's. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You don't. You don't hit them. Yeah. It, it doesn't. doesn't do it doesn't good. teach. It doesn't teach them anything other than to be afraid of you. Yeah. Are we teaching obedience? Are we teaching people how to adapt into the world? That's the main thing. I don't want anybody listening to think that I'm judging you specifically, even if you've done any of these things that I'm talking harshly about, because everything looks different on the outside versus the inside. There are some things that I feel very strongly about too, though. Yeah. And and slapping a child, I think, is one of those that I'm gonna draw a hard line in the sand and say it's not okay. Especially like open. Like yeah, right open the palm across the face. Yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but yeah. So um, you know, on top of that little fun bit, they're they're in their room and they hear another couple like just fucking screaming at each other, full on public like rager. Not the fun kind. But whatever. The next day, they uh, drive down to the quarry. So this they is go basically, off the beaten path. This is basically... he's He keeps reminding her that it wasn't like this whenever he was there. He has very different memories, so he didn't expect it to be... I guess there was like a big shift in culture or whatever since he was a child. I guess this is... I think this is where he grew up. I just think that's you know, worth mentioning. Like He didn't intentionally bring her to a shitty location. Yeah. He um also... At the very beginning, we see he um, he has a ring and he intends to impro- uh, he intends to propose during this trip. Yeah. So he he wouldn't be doing this at like a place where people are like slapping their children and arguing outside, you know. Yeah. So they they go to the beach and they're hanging out and making out and you know doing all that stuff people do when they're in love and alone on a beach. Um, but then these kids show up and they're just being loud and playing loud music and not leashing their dog and letting her shit on the beach and not picking up after her. I'm not saying they shouldn't let Bonnie shit on the beach. She has to shit somewhere. She's a dog, but you know, they could have picked it up. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're, they're just generally being obnoxious And my first reaction in this situation and this is what I interpreted in Jenny, too, was, like, a look of annoyance, like, hey, you just want to pack up. Like, how long are you willing to deal with this before we pack up and move along? That was what happened at first. Yeah. I think after more things happened, like, whenever the dog came back again, like, I think she was giving him looks saying, like, are you going to do something? I think that was more like a, can we please leave now? Because she keeps saying, can we please just go? Can like It's a big beach. But you could tell he felt the pressure to go. He didn't want to do that. I think he didn't want to lose to a bunch of teenagers. I think he felt the pressure to like go over there. Maybe this And is I like... think that's more internal for him based on, you know, 
social pressures and stuff. Like, I, I don't, I never got the impression from Jenny throughout this whole movie. I think for the most part, she was very passive and wanted to avoid conflict at all costs. Yeah, she suggested that they relocate. And he said he yeah. didn't want to be bullied by a bunch of 12 year olds. That's what I'm saying. Like, he did not want the kids to win. So that was he... before. This is what I'm saying. Like, whenever they first showed up and they were like just acting like, you know, assholes or whatever. But then whenever he goes into the water to go for a swim, they're actively like staring at her breasts. And the dog keeps going over there and antagonizing her. That's whenever he decides to like go out onto the beach and actually approach them. And I just kind of took it. Like I could see like the deep sigh. Like I don't know. Maybe this is just me. Like I said, because I feel like you know this stuff exists. Um, I feel pressure to do stuff like this too if we're ever out in public. Dude, it's like that time at the Kentucky Theater. It's exactly There's drunk like that. women That's at the I'm midnight showing of Halloween. You didn't. You never like asked me to do that, but like I felt pressure to. But not from me. Not for you, but I felt pressure to like actually because they were saying like stuff directly at us. It's kind of like these kids here. Yeah. You know, like you can't just like let people actively shit talk you and your group of friends and your wife and you know not say shit so i was that was the most genuinely pissed that i have ever been in public and i'm not very confrontational but that was a time where like i i felt like i had to actually get confrontational i like looking back on it now though several years removed i have to laugh because i was pretty chubby then and they asked me if i had smuggled in lasagna to the theater did they yes (laughs) yeah they were assholes (laughs) Yeah. They were, they clearly snuck in vodka and were drinking, like, because they were just getting louder and louder. Through. And it's not one of those theaters that serves alcohol. Like, this is a historically preserved theater yeah. on Main Street. And they do midnight showings on the weekends in October of classic horror movies. And we were there for Halloween because... My favorite movie of yes. all time. And obviously, we weren't alive when it was first out in theaters. And these women were just getting so loud and so obnoxious and travis goes travis turns around and goes hey shut the fuck up and uh that didn't work out the way we all had hoped it the night ended with them throwing a drink at our friend it was kind of we were trying to walk back to his apartment the whole thing was almost manufactured to work against me because listen i'm not saying anything bad about this guy but there is a guy that works there, and he has autism. I didn't know this at the time, but I asked him to, you know, go he, and confront these people about it. And I yeah. thought that they were going to be kicked out. And what ended up happening is the guy just kind of walks down there, and he just, like, you know, politely just, like, shh, and then walks away. I understand from his end that he didn't really understand. But for also, me, all like, that did was create okay. a more hostile situation. I'm just going to say, though... Like, he can't just go off with the word of another patron to kick somebody out. Uh, he could have stayed in the theater and maybe seen if there was any escalation afterwards. But can you imagine how easy it would be? Like, if you were just like, I don't like that guy's fucking head. I'm going to get him kicked out. Yeah, but, like, who's actually going to do that when we're watching a movie? Like, you know? I, assholes. Like, I guess, but I don't know. I, I bet these kids would do that if they knew they could just say somebody was harassing them in the theater and get them kicked out. I, I guess bet these they could. Would. I don't know. But you know what? I feel like you have to take the person's word for it. You know? That's kind of what happens in these situations. You have to like actually believe your customers. Because if I'm going to a movie theater and people are harassing me, 
And I tell them that, they're like, well, what if you're the one harassing them? I'm like, fuck you then. I'm not going to come here ever again. Like, that's not the right way to do it. You know? I mean, like like I said, he could have stayed in the theater to see if anything else happened. Yeah. But he also was probably getting paid like <clears throat> seven twenty-five. I don't think movie ushers get paid a ton, even when they're pulling they the midnight shift. Paid, no, they don't get paid enough to deal with that shit. Yeah. I understand that, but like... They have the authority to actually do that. What am I going to do? Be like, hey, leave, or I'm going to call the cops. What am I going to tell the cops? Hey, um, these people are being assholes. They have the authority to be like, yeah, we asked them to leave, and now they're trespassing. So Yeah, I know. Again, I'm just, you know, I'm pointing out the other side of things. Another consideration to make. Well, now you've just fired me up. Uh, Well, then let's keep talking about this movie, because you know what they don't do? They don't relocate. He decides he's going to go confront some teenagers, and these teenagers are way fucking more stubborn than he is. Just the one, really. I I feel like most of them are just kind of like going off of this kid. Like They're kind of, it's like the same thing. Like um, Whenever you're hanging out with a actor, when you're a teenager and you're hanging out with a group of friends, you feel like you have to like follow in. You have to like act the same or else you're like not fitting in with the group it's peer pressure but they're also all like very much challenging his authority as an adult because yeah he's an adult but they don't have a ton of adults asking them to just please turn down their music you know what i mean from what we've seen of the parents in the town they're either fairly neglectful or fairly abusive so like a reasonable request of turn down your music when they're in their their spot you know what i mean yeah um like they're not going to respond to that well so they just challenge his authority by like you know brett's in there going what what and the other kids are like i don't know shouting british insults at him um and like the one girl is like are you staring at me tits i'm just gonna keep throwing out half-assed british accents throughout the rest that of that girl by the way for the longest time i thought it was a girl from game of thrones yes it looks just <laughs> like her yeah. And side note, I think she, that's who I always pictured, Pansy Parkinson um, from Harry Potter. That's how I always pictured her looking in my head. Like that? Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, I know, because you've only read the first one and we've only watched it the fourth movie, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Um, he takes a nap. And at this point, they decide to. Oh, wait, no, I don't think he takes a nap. No, the kids kids walk away, and this is the most uncomfortable I felt in the movie, like, as a human adult watching it, because Brett pulls out his dick. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't know how old he was when he was filming this, but I don't need to see a hypothetical teenager's dick. I imagine he was not below 18. Yeah, I hope not, but, like, you know, within context, like, it makes me uncomfortable. And also, it's, you know, that's sexual assault, like, so cool um just very casually out there so we know he's not good news like it's not even just him like you know telling these adults like fuck off we don't need to listen to your rules like that's crossing like a definite boundary boundary. yeah Yeah. and uh we see them cross even more boundaries because when they go the next day oh so they're they're camping out on the beach by the way Mm mm-hmm um, which they think is a good idea after those kids were there. Well, um, at that point, I don't think that they have any reason. I to be guess concerned. that is. I guess that is fair. After like you know, okay, like that was an asshole incident. I would have been shaken up from the adrenaline for like an hour. I would have um, relocated a yeah. long time. Yeah. No, actually, ago. that's true. I would have yeah. relocated before it even got to that point. Yeah. Um, but like, 
They decide they're going to sleep on the beach and they're hearing sounds. And we have no clue what the sounds are. We never find out what they are. But presumably they're innocent because it just leads to a jump scare. Yeah, it's Steve. Um, he yeah, Steve just fucking around with Jenny. Yeah, through the tent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next morning, because their food has been eaten alive by bugs, because even though Steve appears to be the outdoorsman, he is not very um, adept at keeping his food bug-free. Um, seems like a poor thought, <laughs> poorly thought-out aspect of this weekend-long camping trip. Yep. Um, yeah, so they go to town to get breakfast, and when they pack up their car, oh, there's a bottle back there, and it punctures his tire. And at first, like, it's very hard to construe that as an accident, but I try not to assume the worst. But they see the kids when they get to town because look, he's got a spare. Well, he knows. And they're that like, yeah, you they're definitely like, know at that point. They're like, how's your tie, mate? Um, I'm just gonna see if it gets worse and worse as it goes. <laughs> and uh, so he definitely knows. And when they're in the diner, that's when they meet one of their moms because like at first she's kind of like playfully joking they're like hey have you seen a big group of kids around because ah they terrorizing you like oh mostly just hassling us and she's kind of got this like good natured like chuckle about it like she thinks it's cute which is a thing that we see a lot of times in like society where they go well you know boys will be boys and I know there is a girl in the mix, but the boys will be boys line is something that gets said specifically. It's something that Michael Fassbender's character said at one point too early on. Oh yeah, um, we forgot to mention they um at before they get to the beach, they run into Adam. Mm. Which he ends up being bullied. Yeah. Adam's a kid that we were talking about before that his mother is working and he's just kind of out in the woods doing his own thing. Yeah, they're trying to talk to him because she's, you know, got that school teacher thing. And yeah. And he's like, my mom says not to talk to strangers. And they're like, you know what? Good call on your mom. And he comes back later, which is the only reason we're backtracking to mention him. But we see him getting beat, like, bullied and hit and yelled at by this group of kids yeah. on the beach. Um, so anyway, at the diner, they're, they're asking about the group because, you know, um, Steve's like, you know, I just wanted to let their parents know that they punctured my tire. You know, I would think that I would want to know if my kid was doing something like that. And the server immediately goes from being, like, polite and, you know, talkative with them. And she's like, not my kids. Not my kids. Nope, not my kids. Refuses to hear anything else about it. So that's where you kind of get the impression that one of those kids is definitely one of hers just because, like. That's definitely. Yeah. Because he's the specified way, yeah. before. He's like, kids riding around on BMXs. Yeah. And that's her, I mean, her son's in that mix. So here's where I really start to get, um off of steven's side so he sees the kids out on the road mm. on their bikes and tries to chase them tries to chase them till they cross the bridge he can't go over on his car and you know jenny's like hey steve what the fuck are you doing yeah you know and then later they uh pass by a house and see all of the bikes in the yard and he's like i'm gonna go inside and she's like why <laughs> like why are you doing this um and he goes and he like halfway knocks on the door and then just walks into a stranger's house. We see this so many times in horror movies. We see it so many times in horror movies, but I feel like this is almost even worse because he's doing this on a whole like moral high ground crusade to be like, hey, your kids are violating social norms and breaking laws mm. and I'm doing the same thing. He like 
And it's not even like. I think it's a revenge. You think it's revenge for him already at this point? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That Dude. is great. That does not. I do. Did not... you not see what he did before this? He like tried to run them down with his car. Like not. I don't think he was gonna run them over, but he was like trying to get revenge on them. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I'm not saying it's sane. I'm just saying that I don't think he was taking a moral high ground here. I think he was trying to get back. No, he went into the house saying he was going to go talk to the parents. That's what he was saying he was going to do when he walked into the house. Yeah. And he walks in. And at first, like, you're like, are you just looking to see if there's an adult there? I still don't think you should walk into this person's house. He fully wanders upstairs and is rummaging around Brett's room. I... He's our protagonist, but he's not our hero. You know what I mean? Like, you want to see Steve make it out of this situation, but you're also like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm halfway expecting a point where, like, maybe he's also a psychopath murderer because, like, what adult just wanders around a teenager's bedroom? You know what I mean? Like, he's flawed. He's not perfect. He's not our perfect hero, but, you know. He's not a hero at all. Well, in this context, he is. He's my hero. Yeah, well, the the homeowner... Doing this shit to kids. Ew, please don't say stuff like that. Please don't make me divorce you. What? I would not be cool with you doing something like this. Going into somebody's house? Is that what you're talking about? Going in somebody's house and trying to get revenge on teenagers. No, I would not be okay with that. I'm not. That's why I'm saying, like, live vicariously through it. Like, You shouldn't even want to live vicariously through it. It's so fucked up. It's satisfying watching people get what they deserve. He hasn't even done that much yet. He's given him a flat tire, which is frustrating as fuck, and it's deranged. Sexually assaulted his wife. That's true. But still, like, I just, it's a bit much what he's doing. I'm not, I'm not He's supposed to be him. the adult. You know what I mean? Not at one point am I defending this man's actions. You I'm are. just saying <laughs> I enjoy it. It's like the same thing with Breaking Bad. Yeah, Walter White is a fucking monster, but god damn, I love it. So anyway, the homeowner gets home and he is aggressive as hell immediately because the car has is like blocking the driveway. And instead of being like, hey, you're blocking me drive. He's like, you fucking bitch, move your car already. And she's Oi. like, she's, Oi. <laughs> and she's like ah. Um. <laughs> Verbatim. Ah. <laughs> like Kermit the Frog. Ah. Yeah. Um. She moves and he comes inside and he's like, is that Brett upstairs? I haven't hit anybody today. Come on down, son. And so then, you know, Michael Fassbender's jumping through windows and off roofs and over walls and it's this whole insane thing. And they go back to the beach and, you know, Jenny's like, hey, Steve, I really wish you hadn't done that. And he's like, you're such a school teacher. Come school. I'm going to throw you in the lake. <laughs> That's a perfect way to diffuse the situation. It's my man. I would be so... If we were in the middle of the fight and you threw me into a lake, I would be so much more pissed. I was just thinking while while watching this. Uh, the couple has, like, two... Like, they romanticize kind of, like, how this shit goes because, like, whenever somebody's disappointed in somebody like that, they don't just get over it that easily. Like, he's just, like... I sensed the school teacher look you're giving me. And then they just like look at each other and they smile. It's like, ha, ha, ha. We like, love each other. Yeah. No, it's like, I'm going to playfully like toss you in the lake and talk about how you're wearing more clothes than I wish you were wearing. Yeah. He does that actually a lot in this movie. My man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So after all of this, they uh, go back to the exact same fucking spot on the beach and decide they're going to camp there for another night. Also, I want to know how long a fucking weekend is over in the UK because they keep saying this is a romantic weekend and so far this is their third night. Is it their third? Oh, yeah, it is. Huh. So Maybe they started they, on Thursday. Maybe. Did they take a long weekend? I don't know. The way they were saying it, I was getting the impression that it was just like a standard weekend. So The British weekend. Yeah, British um, so yeah, they're back at the same spot, um, and Steve goes out scuba diving, and he comes back, and he's got this whole proposal thing ready, like, he's like... The second time he's tried to propose. He hasn't tried to propose before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think he did. Um, he was, uh, because, I mean, he tried to propose one time, and when? then she, um... It was whenever they were on the beach at first, I believe. Um, I can't remember what exactly happened, but it was right before the kids showed up. No, he, like, proposed sex with her. I saw, like, a part where he, like, grabbed the ring box. I think he was just making sure it was there. You could... He was asking a leading up question. No, what he asked was, is that a new swimsuit? No, I like the top, but not the bottom. No, I mean, it was after that. Trust me. No, because after that, they fall asleep, and she wakes up to Bonnie barking in her face. I think it's the first night is what I'm saying. It was right before, I think, when they're in the tent. He's about to, like, give it to her, and then she's like, wait, what's that sound? I missed that, then. It might not have been at that exact moment, so I could be wrong, but this is a second attempt. Trust me. I made a note in here saying third attempt later on when he does the last proposal well this one he uh he's getting ready to pull out the ring box and he says you can find a lot of interesting things at the bottom of the lake which i feel is an interesting tactic to go with when you're about to propose like hey i uh got this ring for you to commit to you eternally and it could blend in with the junk that you find at the bottom of a quarry so you could take it that way I thought I thought my man had a good plan there. I thought it was a nice little romantic gesture that he had cooking up there. But it is ruined because uh, she realizes that their beach bag is gone, and she might have been more in the moment if he hadn't let up with like, sure is a lot of trash at the bottom of the sea. Maybe. I think so. that I don't. I don't know, man. My, this is like mama. He, he's mama. getting mama. <laughs> He keeps getting blocked. I don't know. He keeps getting engagement blocked. And it's always because of these fucking teenagers. And then here, they steal their bag, and then they're like, hey, what the fuck? So they start to go out. Yeah, because their keys are in it. Their cell phones mm-hmm. and the GPS are... Uh, well, the GPS is in the car, but their cell phones and their car keys are in that bag. So they go to see if the car is still there, and it's not, as to be expected. And then they just keep searching for the car. And I'm very stressed out because all of the rest of their shit is still on the beach, which doesn't end up mattering. Spoiler, it doesn't end up mattering for the rest of the movie. But I'm like, they're just setting themselves up for failure at this point. Like everything else they they have with them that's down on the beach is going to be gone too. So the kids almost hit them with their own car. Insult, injury, and whatnot. 
And then they, they wandered through the woods, and then they eventually stumble upon the kids out there like around a fire or something, and they're just kind of like fucking around. The car is nowhere to be found. Yeah, so yeah, so he goes out there, and he's like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say, hey, give me my keys. And there's no way that'll go wrong. And so what happens is he says, give me my keys. And Brett's like, I didn't steal your car. He's like, prove it was me. Basically, <laughs> yeah. every, his yeah. response to everything that he says. And he's like, oh, yeah? You own uh, Ray-Ban aviators? And he's like, knockoffs. Good Which answer. is my reaction. Yeah. Every time people are like, I like your sunglasses. I'm like, they were $2. Um, I'm very proud of how cheap my clothing and accessories are most of the time. <laughs> I like this scene because this is, you can tell he's on the edge here. Like, he's about to snap with these kids. This yeah. is him restraining it as much as he can at this point. And you can tell. Yeah, and this whole next series of things is... Uh, unfortunate is probably the best word. Mostly yeah. for him and the dog. Because I, like... Jenny the whole time is like, please just drop it. Let's go. And that's my thought. I'm like, you can go to the police and the police can deal with this. And whatever repercussions happen doesn't matter because the police do or don't get away with whatever. I don't know what the political system is like over there. Um, but these kids are white for the most part, except for Mark. Mark might have had a problem. Yeah, he's their skateboard, uh, <laughs> I guess. Like, um, but yeah, like. For me, like, that would be a situation where I'm like, okay, well, we asked for the keys. They said no, so we're just going to go to the cops and tell them what's going on. Like, say we have a missing car. We're pretty sure it's these kids. We've had these issues, blah, 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 blah. Um, and that's what Jenny is basically, I think, is trying to get him to do. Like, she's like, please just go Definitely. away. It's not worth whatever is going to happen. She's because, begging him. Yeah, because these kids, like, they're drinking. They're snorting Coke. They have a dog of dubious train nobility um it's shown hostility towards jenny yeah earlier. yeah um like and, and she's like you know this is not anything we want to get mixed up in because uh, truly the best fight to have is one you don't have in the first place mm. and that's what this is coming to it's going to come down to a fight and there's no winning in a fight against kids right like kids that are pulling knives on you like do you want to be the person that has to kill a kid well to his credit None of them had pulled a knife up to that point. All he's wanting is just to cut the bullshit. Just give us our keys. We're going. Yeah, but she works with kids professionally. I and mean, even though she works with younger kids, she sees the signs of the escalation. She's probably trained in de-escalation Everybody techniques. can see the fucking signs yeah. of her escalation here. He, yeah, but, he she's, knows it. but what I'm saying, she's tra probably trained in yeah. de-escalation. And so no. she's like, we just need to walk away right now. I know. And he's not. And then a knife does get pulled. And... They're getting, like, he's getting up in Brett's face. Bonnie, Bonnie is the real victim in this entire Bonnie fucking movie. Bonnie is the movie. dog. Yeah, Bonnie is the dog. And she's just, like, she's been, like, dogs do what they're trained to do. Honestly, she's fairly well-behaved considering the environment she's coming from. Not only that, her um, owner is being attacked. Yeah, and her owner is being attacked in this scenario. So I understand her jumping up to defend him. But at the same time, one of the other kids is trying to stab Steve. And Steve is trying to defend himself. And what ends up happening is that Bonnie jumps into the knife. Yep. And it's very sad. It's incredibly sad. It's awful. Even though that you hate these kids and you don't want the anything good to happen it. to them. You know, 
And the kids do, even though they're really terrible characters, you, you do a really, they do a really good job of like capturing just grief of like a loved yeah. one dying, like a dog dying, your dog just like getting sad like that. And it's, it's brutal. And I do truly think that like Bonnie is probably one of the few good things going on in Brett's life. And I feel like, cause he keeps saying not Bonnie, not her, not Bonnie. And I kind of get the impression that Bonnie has, like, been the only good thing for him in his life. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, nobody here is, like, everybody and nobody is the bad guy in this movie. You know, like, these kids are truly awful and they are the villains, but they're also the victims. Yeah. And Brett is the worst of the pack. Make no doubt. But... I do feel for him in this moment because he's not been given a good place to start from. He's he ultimately is just a kid. Yeah, it's not just like oh, kid is evil. You know, there's there's reasons behind it, and they're played out. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not excusing his behavior at all. I'm just it's a it's a complex thing. Like you said, it's complex. Yeah. And but ultimately, this is what leads to them hunting Steve and Jenny down. So they after the dog is stabbed, they're like, take your fucking keys, and they throw it, and then. Um, they go. However, the dog passes. Steve is offering. He's like, listen, yeah, he's man, like, I will take your dog to the vet. vet. Just yeah. give us the keys and we'll go. And then. Because Steve really didn't want to. He didn't want to. He's apologizing the dog. profusely yeah. to the kids about it. And I understand where he's coming from. He, I mean, that's not what you wanted to happen. But And we're going to see that theme mirrored in, to a much more significant extent later on with Jenny. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so they, Steve and Jenny wisely, as they realize the kids aren't going to get in the car with them, they just take the keys and run. And at that point, Brett, you know, stops feeling human emotions and is like, okay, cool, we're going to go fucking get them. Um, And so they're chasing them through the woods. At one point, the car gets stuck in the mud. And so the kids are throwing rocks and like they're running up and attacking the vehicle and you know, um, they bust the windshield. Yeah, they bust the windshield. Can't, he's trying to yeah. drive through the woods while not being able to see, and it ends up with him resulting in driving into a fallen down tree, which ends up piercing the car and stabbing him. So he's yeah. pinned inside the car while Jenny is left to have to go out on foot and try yeah. and get help. So she basically and, has to leave Steve there by himself. And yeah, at and this he, point, you think that he's going to die because they find him. Yeah, yeah. He gives her the GPS. And I'm just pointing this out because this movie was in 2008. So stuff like this was still a little new. Because um, before, he'd been talking about how his cell phone compared to his GPS. Or as they say in Britain, um, mate. He can mate it with his GPS. That was so. Yeah. Oh. He said, I can mate it with my phone. And I was like, that's kinky. Hot. Uh, oh, I <laughs> But yeah, so he was like, here, take this. And at first I thought it was a gun. And then I was like, Steve don't have a gun. And like later it's confirmed to be the GPS. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So it cuts the next day. Jenny has not run for the town at all, which I like kind of get because the kids were clearly on a warpath and she can hear them getting Steve and I think she's afraid to try and run out into the woods because they would be able to hear like she knows she's not a woodsy person and she will get caught if she's hurt like she's not gonna be able to be quiet it's dark so she stays nearby and finds him the next morning um you know the other kids are like so Brett Brett 
do you take constructive criticism? And he's like, no. And they're like, okay. But just perhaps we could get out of this without legal repercussions. And Steve's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to agree with them because I fucking won't talk if you just let me out. And Brett's like, Brett's like, hey, Ricky Dicky, uh, Cooper Wooper, Marky Mark. Uh, he's got like all these like cute little names. nicknames for all of them, except for Paige. Paige is just Paige. Paige, I feel like is um, she doesn't have a lot. To, the character doesn't have a lot Mm-mm. as in terms of dialogue, but you get the impression that she kind of feels like she has to be tough. Yeah, like she is putting on a face. Oh yeah, for sure. But because he's tasked her with recording the entire yeah. event, so yeah, okay. so he forces these. What's kids, happened though? Yeah, they've they've tied up Steve with barbed wire, with barbed wire, and he, they're just kind of taking turns. Just like he's been brutalized at this point. He's bloody. Like they've already fucked with him. It's only been bred up to this point. Very good fake blood. Very it's good. Nice fake and blood. scabby. Yeah, they are very good. Like good attention to detail. Um, one of the kids. It's a British term. I'm not sure what he says. It's like you fucking head loose or something like that. This is like the, basically he's like saying you're you're being gotta cut loose <laughs> head loose. No, shutting that down. <laughs> not doing that. He's basically telling him that he's going out of his mind right now. Yeah. And he um this is going too far. And the and guy Brad's like you seem out of your minds. And but the, the kid is like I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. He's like this is all you. And then he's like okay. You know what? We're going to make everybody cut Steve at this point because everybody's going to be held responsible. Not really how that goes legally, though, because they can definitely... It was coercion, 100%. Exactly. But he's making Paige record the entire thing. Mm -hmm. That way, everybody is seen on film having been involved in the incident. So everybody takes their turn stabbing Steve. And this is the most brutal point in the movie. And most of them are very uncomfortable with it. Like, this first kid, um, like, barely wants to cut him. Like, he barely cuts him, and he's like, you got to get in there. And he's like, basically, he's saying, if you don't cut him, I will cut you. Um, And so he gets in there. Like, Mark comes up, and he's got a box cutter, and he goes, step, 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 stab. He gets he really into it. He slices him. He yeah. sticks it in him and then just rips it across, like, his yeah. side. Brutal. Yeah. Um, Not the so- worst, though. But, like, all the rest of them are pretty hesitant. There's, like, one that's younger than the rest of them. His name's Cooper. He's a little ginger hair boy. You can tell he's very mild. Yeah. He's, like, the runt of the group. Yeah, and they're all, like, the first one that was saying, like, I don't want to do this. He was, like, he's just, a, he's just a wee one. Yeah, so he's the youngest in the pack. Yeah, like, and he's, like, don't make him do this. And, you know, he forces him to He do tells it. him to cut his tongue out. So Cooper fucking sticks a knife in his mouth and well, just rips and the, the fucking inside. Is that Brett's hand is on Cooper's wrist guiding him? So that's all on video too. Yeah, uh, that's the yeah. worst one to it's me. Gross. Just watching it's that awful. part right there. Oh, holy shit! He says that he didn't. That this movie isn't gory, and it's really not. But this shot right here, that scene especially, that like you can that's see it all happen in real time the, because the, the, whole thing. the yeah. knife goes in the mouth and you see blood pour out immediately. Like they yeah. did an amazing job doing that. I don't know what they did. Yeah, I, this is one that like. I never want to watch it again, but if we had it on DVD, I would like to see like the extras on the special effects. Um, But yeah, so Jenny, smart one that she is, she could be aiming a lot higher than kindergarten. Just saying. 
Um, <laughs> she's past the ABCs. Mm. <laughs> but she's uh, she's mating the GPS with the cell phone, which is in uh, Brett's pocket. And it's a really smart idea for like a second before um, once she hits 999. Um, for you Americans, that is the British 911. I think I did a pretty good British. You Americans, you are like, I'm a Brit now. Yeah. So you fucking Americans. Can't you tell from my beautiful accent? God damn. What, what? Cheerio. <laughs> <sighs> Obviously, the, when the phone starts vibrating, Brett's like. It audibly dials. Yeah, she's, he's like, she's nearby. I'm like, well, I mean, it was a good idea. Not very long term. There's a few moments where I'm like, Jenny's got a good idea. And then in the long term, it's not a good idea. Well, um, it works because it allows Steve to break free because they does, all run yeah. and chase. Because Steve was going to die if she had not intervened. Yeah. But she runs over to the construction area where they're building the condos. and um, But the, the trailer thing is locked too far, like too tight for her to get in. Yeah. So she ends up like crawling on top while they're like inside banging around. Yeah. Steve takes it upon himself to go back to the car to go into the trunk to get a first aid kit. Ends up tripping the alarm. So they are all know they all know that Steve is out there and they know his location. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so Jenny, Steve is running through the woods and he kind of sees He did him. grab his tire iron while he was there. Yes. Which was smart. And then, like, we see this shot. So, like, one of the kids was told to... Because all of them went running after Jenny at first because they thought Steve was tied up and too bloody and everything. And then when they're down there and they can't find her right away, Brett's like, hey, you, go back and watch the guy. So he goes back, and by the time he's back, Steve has broken out. And it's when the car alarm is going off that they all go running that direction. And so we kind of see this shot between the one kid that was supposed to be guarding Steve and Jenny running through the woods. And then we see Steve jump out with a tire iron and he almost hits Jenny, but he doesn't. And It's a nice shot. It's a I nice didn't, shot. I didn't see it coming. I almost feel like it would have been more realistic if he actually had hit her. It would have. Because but... I could see you like, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I could see you like if we were in that situation, like, actually hitting me with a tire iron. Yeah. We regularly hit each other in our sleep. So, like, I feel like in a life-or-death situation where we're, like, Thank you. on a hairpin trigger. Yeah, no, I'm Thank acknowledging. I, I elbowed you hard in the head the other night, so it's not one-sided. You know what? When that happened, I had a dream after that that my whole right side was <laughs> bruised. And I was like, what happened? Oh, yeah, I got elbowed in the head. It's because Talia was taking up half the bed. Blame Talia. I, I did. Well, in Steve's defense, he is very injured. So, you know, it yeah. may look as if he's, like, got a powerful swing, but I'd say he's... Yeah, no, she probably could have, like, swatted him away anyway. Yeah, he's struggling. Yeah. So they, like, are hobbling down the road. She's trying to get him someplace safe. They find their... um. Cabin is probably a generous term. It's a cabin in the woods, guys. This is where we get the cabin in the woods for this movie. Yeah, but meets the criteria. She's trying to clean him up, and uh, that's where he like pulls out the ring, and he was like, "I'm thinking Africa for our honeymoon," and that's when you know he's gonna die because like, well, he 
you think that there's a chance because he's got like life in him still. But then he looks down and he says, black blood, that's gut blood, which if you watch on Tubi, the closed captioning will say, that's got blood. That's not what the line is. It's that's gut blood. Because uh, I'm pretty sure like black blood is like, I think it's like when your liver or something is hit. Like it comes out like black. Mm-hmm. Different. And he had been yeah. like stuck on the side at this yeah. point. So and that's good, that's right about. No, wait. That's so good there. Uh, he was I'm hitting not, some sort of vital organ. I don't know. I'm sure he had multiple vital yeah. organs. So, yeah. So yeah, but that's good attention to detail yeah. for the effects here because, I mean, it's a realistic blood and you know that he's losing blood and he's on the brink of death. Yeah. But anyway, like the kids see the cabin. They're like, well, obviously they're in there. But because the kids are loud, they have time to hide underneath in the water and like under the floorboard. Yeah. Good. It was very smart of her to do that. But holy shit, like if that didn't work, they were fucked. Yeah. Well, and it ends up so when the kids run away, she gets him out and he like can barely move. So she's like, okay, I'm going to hide you under some bushes and I'm going to go running. Um, And she goes running and she steps on something that looks, it's like a pointy wedge. So she steps on it and it goes up through her foot and it's brutal. And this is the other moment because she like tries because she rolls down a hill because she can't walk on her foot. And uh, like normally if you're pierced with something, you don't want to remove it because that just increases bleeding. But she also needs to be able to walk. So this is one of those that's like. Got to do it. Yeah, you got to do it. Um, also, the foot isn't a vital organ. So you can probably, probably be okay it. a little bit. Um she tries to pull it out from the bottom and she can't. And what she ends up doing is just like smashing her foot on a log to pull it out. Through the other and end. Yeah. I thought that it would have been a better idea to grab a rock and just nail yeah. it. Yeah. Travis said that like because he was like, why is she doing that? And I was like, well, because she's got to get it out some way. I get it. Like, and this is one of those moments where like I'm with Jenny where I'm like, okay, medium term solution focus. Like, all right. So she's not, she's right. She's perfect at kindergarten here. you can't go above that okay fair enough (laughs) yeah but like she you know she's got decent solutions but just just maybe doesn't think as long term as she could like she's like okay i gotta come up with a solution but i got like five seconds she's like like a family feud contestant you know where it's like uh fast money yeah like fast money where it's like uh name a holiday where you eat lots of food and you're like um um arbor day and everybody's like good answer good answer i was the good answer person with this (laughs) (laughs) like i'm like it's a holiday like sure yeah um but yeah so she ends up doing that it doesn't matter because she ends up getting caught and she wakes up no, not only caught, she runs into the boy Adam that was oh, out in yeah, the woods. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So we, I forgot we first about this subterfuge. He is shown as a very innocent kid, and he's getting bullied by the um, teenagers. And this so, is this is the biggest instance I think of bullying and peer pressure in the whole movie. This is not what he did whenever they were stabbing him to death. 
Uh, the stabbing to death, like, those kids were already clearly friends with Brett, and they had agreed to a lot of questionable shit before this. Yeah, but not... Adam murder. just wanted to be out in the woods looking at his caterpillars. And so she finds him, and he's like, well, my mom's at work, so, you know, she can't help you. And she's like, well, can you just show me how to get out of the woods? And he was like, well, I can take you to where she normally picks me up. And then she gets there, and she's like, wait... I thought you said she was working. And he's like, well, she's almost done now. And she's like, this doesn't sound right. And he's like, I'm going to call her. And then that's when me and Travis are sitting here going, he's not calling her. I, I knew like, it beforehand because I knew as soon as he showed up, it's like, fucking Adam. He is not going to do it. He is going to be a little piece of shit. I feel bad in hindsight because Adam got coerced into it because he was a victim yeah. of bullying. But, you know, yeah, he, he tricks her. There's no cell phone service down there. She figures it out. And... We get the kids, they show up across on the top of the hill, and one of them knocks her out. So they wake up. Apparently, they were trying to kill her because whenever she wakes yeah. up, they're like, oh, fuck, you didn't hit her hard enough. They have them tied up against some, um, I guess, wood or whatever, and they plan on just burning the like, bodies. Dude, if you're, honestly, though, if you're trying to kill somebody, knock them out and then just like pinch their nose. Just do that yeah. for five minutes and you're done. Double tap. Yeah. Again, guys. Um, they've found Steve, though, and they've got him all tied up. Yeah, and so. he's confirmed dead. Yeah, straight point. up dead. And, you know, she's hearing this in, like, the least compassionate of terms. But honestly, that like, he probably would have died. So like, He was definitely yeah. dying. Um, But, yeah, they're pouring gasoline and they're going to light him on fire. And guess what? They're going to make Adam light the match and they're going to put him on their little... Um, it has to be complicit. Like, horror show. Yeah. So... He's doing that, and he's upset about it the whole time, and he ends up lighting the match and wants to run away. He's done his bit, but uh, here's why I feel so bad for him, because he clearly didn't want to do it, and he's trying to run away, and then they grab him, and they put a tire over him so he can't move his arms because kids are little and tires can fit over them like that. And um, they're like, you know, about to do something, except at that moment Jenny breaks free because they mostly lit steve on fire and we're hoping she would catch and what happened was the ropes burned through and enough for her to break out and so she runs away and brett's like if you don't come back we're gonna burn adam and i remember you travis were sitting here like yeah well if she comes back you're gonna burn her and adam fucking ratted her out well, so no what they were gonna they were already planning on burning adam no matter what yeah, it doesn't matter what she thing. had done yeah. if she like, goes down there to try and rescue him they both die at yeah. this point right here at least somebody gets out yeah so she goes running and like we just see in the distance a shot of his head on fire which is fucking disturbing and i'm glad you, it wasn't no i don't think you see him on fire no you do um I it's out of distance is it yeah okay well, and i'm glad it's screams. at a distance you yeah. hear his screams for sure i'm glad it's at a distance because i didn't need to see that up close well no it's a kid being burned to death mm -hmm. i don't think we need to see that even for a horror movie so but yeah she's she's made it away and she's out and running and she notices the power lines oh wait, no she noticed that before never mind yeah no she what she finds is the um the net like national park like map thing Yes, that's and right. And so she breaks through the glass and takes the map out, which was smart. And then she starts to write, like, she writes what happened on there. She's like, Jenny and Steve, uh, Brett, Ricky, Cooper, Mark, kill. Like, yeah. she writes something like that. But um, 
a couple of them catch up with her and so she has to jump into this fucking disgusting dumpster it's like almost like it's been filled with shit yeah it's gross it's awful and they come up and they can they're like to these kids credit they're not stupid like they're like clearly she's been here and stole this map there's blood all over the place yeah and there's blood all over the place like they see the log and they rip out the page that way it's not there um, you know, just like all of this, and she's hiding under the sledge because he throws the thing away in the dumpster, and it, the whole thing is gross, and you know, it's just it's a whole fucking thing. It's 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 uncomfortable. Um. So. But when they leave, she gets out and she takes one of those big pieces of glass. She like rips the bottom part off of her dress to wrap around and make a handle, so she can have kind of like a shank. Mm-hmm. And. As she's sitting there getting ready to, like, motivate herself to get going, she hears one of the kids coming up, and it's a little Cooper. And he's like, excuse me, miss. And she just turns around and full-on stabs him in the neck. Mm-hmm. And that this is the part where I was talking about that mirrors earlier where Steve stabbed the dog, where he was sorry and it was like an act of self-defense and he didn't want it to end in the death of an innocent creature and for her because she's she's a school teacher and she really didn't want any of this to happen in the first place not that steve wanted this to happen but she didn't want it to even get to the point of confrontation so and now she's got this little like he can't be more than 12 or 13 he's the youngest yeah and she just holds him as he's bleeding out and she's like it's a long shot and the director intentionally made this a long shot because he wanted you to realize the consequences of revenge Mm -hmm. he made this intentional because he wanted this to be such a long build-up this is from his interview he wanted it to be like such a long build-up of everything happening and then like he wants this to just like be tense the entire time and then suddenly whenever you get that release of tension you realize, oh shit! It's, it doesn't feel good. It's a kid. Yeah. And he thought it was interesting because whenever he premiered this movie, a group of people like all cheered at a child's death, and it makes you kind of realize, you know, some people want this, and um, but really, what he's trying to get across is like revenge is really not satisfying. Yeah. And he lingered on the shot of her holding like a dead child because. He wanted to show the ugly side of it. Yeah. So I thought and it was really interesting. It really just gets uglier because she, you know, she runs off. The other kids find Cooper and, you know, the, that first kid, the first one to be like, I want out. Brett just flips the fuck out and basically beats him to death. We never see his dead body, but the way he's going at him. So I... I like to go online and I like to watch fight videos, uh, street fights. Yeah. And I've seen some really fucking brutal street fights where people have been beaten kind of like this before. And um, I've ne- some of that stuff is the some of that stuff sometimes shakes me up just like watching it because some of it is just like so fucking brutal. None of them were as extreme as what I witnessed on this because that is like. 
that's how you like fucking see crushed skull like you yeah like, like you hear like, like uncomfortable sounds coming from was, the body yeah and that was this is one of those moments where you think it's a gory scene but it's really not because it's mostly pov of the kid yeah you get to see the like, stomps yeah, you and see, everything yeah. he's like fucking wailing on yeah. him nonstop. he is like making sure that he is dead yeah and it's fucked up and then at this point Paige is like hey you know i'm out and she's walking away but by at this point Jenny has found a van, or a van has found her, and she's like, please take me, you know, please help me, please help me, and she gets in the van, and she's like, can you take me to town? He's like, well, I gotta find my brother first, and she's like, fuck. Yep, so um, one of the, it's Ricky. Ricky, yeah, Ricky Dicky. Um, and she's like, please just turn around, please just turn around. I understand that this, the van driver, like, he's probably technically an adult, but just barely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he looks super young. And, you know, he he gets to where the fence is and he gets out and... He finds a group of he some finds of the kids. some of the kids. And that's... Jenny's just like, nope, not doing it. She gets into the driver's seat and steals the van. I don't blame her at that point. Nope. Um, but when she's driving, like, she's speeding away... Paige wanders out into the road and there's like not really a moment of a hesitation with this. There's one. no hesitation. She straight and, up wants yeah, to murder her. And she hits Paige. Paige was a lot more complicit than Cooper though. Yeah. And I'm you know what? I was just talking about people like cheering for a kid you dying. For that one. I did. I actually said, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, so that one like yeah, Paige walked away, but it took, like, one of her friends died. Like, it took the consequences being personal for her before she took it seriously. Yeah. So, uh, she was a little bit more selfishly motivated. Well, it all happened. All that happened whenever she killed Cooper, too. Yeah. I, I think yeah. You know, this is just she was done with it. And she kind of... No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, she had to wait to see, like, two of her friends dead before she's, like... She's broken. Yeah. She's... Yeah. Before she's over it. You know, and it it didn't matter that they were killing strangers. It was when it was killing people that mattered to her that she cared. So... She makes it into town. She makes it into town. And... Like, because she's, you know, lost blood and hasn't slept for two fucking days. And she crashes into a fence. And she sees a house, and so she wanders into it, and there's a party going on in the backyard, and she just screams, help me. And then we see a shot of her inside, basically catatonic on the couch, and all of these people, like, wandering about, like, you know, some people are like, call 911, and there's this one woman that's, like, trying to clean her up. She's like, I'm sorry, this is going to sting. There's another woman that's, like, trying to make small talk with her, and, like, like... There's another one that's on the phone call. She's like, hey, this fucking woman showed up. She's about half dead. Yeah, and they're like... like Dude, don't fucking talk like that. Yeah, there's, like, there's a lot of things happening, and it, I, I, it felt like a very realistic scene, yeah, honestly. Did, the yeah. way, the many different reactions you would see, and it's, like... It's interesting to me that we've got all of these kids that have been wandering out in the woods for 24 solid hours... And, spoiler, these people are all their parents. Yeah. And they're out there having, like, a 70s-style fucking hot tub orgy. Yeah. Um, like, it's really fucking I'm not bizarre. even exaggerating. Like, there's, like, bubbles and a blow-up house. And, yeah, like, like new it's... people in the hot tub. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... And, like, what... I'm not kink-shaming in any... To any extent. I'm just saying their kids have been gone for 24 hours, and they're out there, like fucking as a group yeah um like 
And so, you know, they're all out there and they're, you know, they're freaking out. And Jenny's catatonic. And that's when she notices the Rottweiler drinking from dual bowls. One is Bonnie, one is Clyde. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, fuck. And she wants to leave. But not only that, one of the the parents has a phone call and is gradually getting yeah more and more hysterical so you assume that it's um they're getting the news about the death of one of the kids yeah and jenny wants to leave but they're not letting her leave they're like well the ambulance will be here soon and she's like okay well just i'm gonna be sick i need to go to the bathroom and you can think like i thought maybe and like i said i read what happened online so i knew how this was gonna end but i was still like she's gonna get out through the bathroom window but the bathroom window is not the kind that you can bust through and what ends up happening is you hear screaming from one of the parents because you confirming that you know um it must be cooper's mom that got the news and brett's dad breaks down the door and basically pulls jenny out and by that point brett's there and he's doing like the acting job of the fucking year going no dad please don't it was just please don't papa um (laughs) yeah and you know basically like we're watching this mob justice happening and you know, a couple of the guys are for it. And one of the guys is like, no, 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 no. Like, we don't, like, look at her. We don't even know what's happened. Like, yeah. surely there's an explanation. He's also and trying to, like, reason with the them police, about legal. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, police like, are going to be here. There's dead kids. Like, yeah, and he's like, well, we take care of our own around here. Which I wanted to mention earlier when I was talking about just getting the police. Um, but I didn't want to get too much into spoiling the ending of it. Right. But, like... You know, even if they had gone Jenny's original route of, like, just leaving it alone, going and getting the police to get the car, like, it wouldn't have done them any good, but they might still be alive. Yeah, I think they, I mean, with the police, it would have been fun. But with them, it's like, you know, they wouldn't, he just straight up said, like, we're not going to talk to the police. Yeah, and they, it ends with them pulling her into the bathroom saying, put her in the shower. And so you're meant to think that they're going to just, like, fucking cut her to death. And that's how that ends. Oh, no, actually, it ends with Brett going up to his room and deleting all the fucking videos in the first place. Hey, Brett, that doesn't work, dude. They can fucking access that shit. So you're fucking dumb as hell. So, yeah, cheery as shit. Kelly Riley told the director, um, people are going to fucking hate this ending. <laughs> and you know what? It is one of those ones that um, it doesn't end on the note that you want it to end. But I think that that kind of works to its advantage yeah because you you think that you know always there's always a happy ending and this one doesn't happen so there are a lot of movies like this that that stress me out the strangers is another one that just really fucking stresses me out right yeah but with the strangers at least it it doesn't have no you get no background on them other than they're just there you know what i mean like i think that that can be just as like even yeah. more scary sometimes but it's a lot easier like once the movie's off and the lights are on and you're all like "Ooh, i got spooked and you're like giggly and trying to like uh, laugh it off it's a lot easier to brush it off than with this movie where you get like that kind of social commentary and it feels it feels m- even more grounded in reality because we know that there are like people out there but for the most part, like burglaries tend to be crimes of opportunity and violence tend to be interpersonal. Yeah. So the odds of a stranger coming in and killing you to death are slim. Yeah. So without like any kind of a background on them other than do they just like to kill random people, 
it's easier to be like, well, the odds are, you know, in my favor that I'm going to be fine. Whereas with this, like, there are kids out there being abused and neglected and having to kind of learn their own moral compass. And they're looking after parents who are doing things that are dubiously against the law. And that's how they learn how to survive. Mm -hmm. And it's not a thing where it's like, yeah, these kids are doing objectively horrible things, but it's not, you know, and it's not that they're not old enough to know the difference between right and wrong, but they've been put in such a situation that this is what they've learned. They literally mirrored their parents' behavior. Yeah. It's fucked up. And, but it is also very real. And that's, that's more haunting to me. Yeah, I can see that. Um, The Strangers is a thing where it hits that note of this could happen and it's scary that that can happen for no reason. And it's equally as brutal, I think. It's one of those that I'm just as tense. It's not not a casual watching movie for me. Yeah, this one definitely hits on more of like the more common fears that you have. And... It hits more home. He he said he wanted to make a homegrown horror movie. Yeah, that isn't like the Strangers like, is one of those. You're home at night and like that little yeah. paranoid voice in your brain is like, "Hey, what if uh, somebody just broke in?" Dude, I've whereas had, like you see groups of teenagers every day. I've had shit like that with the Strangers yeah. before, like stuff like that like, scare me. I've yeah. had there was one time whenever you were away and um, I was at the apartment by myself and I got a call from somebody. And uh, they were like, it was, it was a prank call or something, but they were just like laughing. And I was like, what the fuck? Are you outside right now? Like, who, am I going to die? <laughs> and I was really fucking scared. But, you know, I mean, it's different things. You was, know? That, was that around the Corey times? Because Corey used to prank call me with fake numbers all the time. No, this is at Racket Club. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. It, that I mean, the same things. It's all realistic. But this one hits... It's more at home with, you know, like, more personal. Yeah. But, yeah. Fucking brutal. Tense. Scary movie. Recommend it. 100%. What about you? What uh, Your ratings change after talking about it? I'll bump it up to a nine. Okay. Why? Because it's fucking awful. I'm not going to say I recommend it. Like... Would you recommend it to the people who are, like, in, like, they're jaded to horror? Yeah, like, if people are into horror, like, I messaged my mom because me and my mom actually saw The Strangers in theaters together. Yeah. And that was one of her big things. Like, she was like, I just, she was like, I just wanted the movie to be over because it was, like, stressful. And I was like, hey, if you want to have this similar experience, watch Eden Lake. And she was like, I'll keep that in mind. Not saying, like, hey, yeah, okay, I'll watch it. Like, she's like, I'll keep that in mind. Um, like, so that's the kind of recommendation I give. Okay. I think that's a strong recommendation. Because yeah. most people who are horror junkies like us, I, they're kind of chasing a dragon. They want that next movie that's going to give you that experience yeah. that, you know, you're scared. And this is definitely one that's going to give you that and I'm just going to say, because I know there are people out there that probably don't find this movie scary, and that's fine, because some of you probably find movies that we think are shit scary. Yeah. Um, like, I see a lot of people online talking about how fucking scary Lake Mungo is. Oh, my God. Fuck that movie. That movie. sucks. Fuck it. <laughs> I Like, yeah. it, was, it was such a waste of time. It was a waste of time. Yeah. Like, I could have gotten the scary bits off of YouTube videos. In fact, I've gotten better scary bits off of YouTube videos before, so. True. 
I don't like it. We can talk about that one at a later date. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is your rating staying the same? Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. So we went from an average of 9 to an average of 9.5. Now, Talia, um, she threw a hissy fit right before the movie started because um, you moved your feet slightly. We got a new couch, and it's got more than enough room for me and Travis and Talia and Scout and Zoe to all comfortably lay together. Like, not even just, you know, the cats on the back of the couch, but everybody on a couch cushion. Yeah. There's more than enough room for everybody. And um, to Talia, if we're all on the couch and you move a centimeter, it's an insult. And Travis did that as the movie started. And she threw a hissy fit and went back to the bedroom. And then... Um, at about five minutes and ten seconds in, she went and hit her buzzer by the door to go out. So, um, and then after that, she was in bed the rest you, of the time. You know what I think happened? What? I think that she has special dog senses because, for one, she has, like, amazing hearing and amazing smell. And she's just good at reading people. And I think that she read your heightened sense of stress going into this. And she's like, you know what? I don't want to be stressed today. I'm not going to deal with that shit, so I'm going to go to bed. She's, she was she practicing self-care and appropriate healthy boundaries, yeah. so good for her. So I think we're going to say Talia doesn't have a rating for this movie. Yeah. Because she, she didn't she, watch it. Yeah, she created a boundary for herself, and I want to respect that. Yeah, so. okay. I've got the review for you that I want you to defend. Okay. All right, so since this is my movie, I'm making Jesse defend a bad review of this movie that I found online and she has to do her best to defend it and you know take up for it so this is what I got Eden Lake has the trappings of a low IQ thriller but it's really a contemptible tract feeding the prejudices of the UK's right wing tabloids that claim the country is overrun by teenagers that kind of tracks, honestly, with what some, like, going on on the radio, like, that right-wing stuff. Like, what like what I was talking about with, I, I don't want to say that I know their politics, but, like, the stuff on the radio that was talking about, like, the kids being out of control and this bill about, like, parents having to control their kids. Like, there's definitely a bit of, like, propaganda in it. I don't know if I would say the movie itself is propaganda. Would you say it's a low IQ? Um, I would say that you said that jenny needs to stay in the kindergarten so <laughs> okay i'll accept that it's <laughs> a good argument good defense okay all right all right i think we're done okay um maybe i can finally stop sweating at some point this week um so we will have by the time this comes out well this is coming out on july 1st so either Yesterday or today, when you're listening to this, we will have our July schedule out. And we're continuing our Cabin in the Woods summer. Obviously, we're going to have a Friday the 13th movie thrown in there because we're doing that. Um, but we've got a couple other fun ones, such as Misery and Cabin Fever. So it's going to be exciting. I'm just trying to remember what our fifth movie is. Sleepaway Camp? Sleepaway Camp. That's yeah. what it is. Okay, so that's all of our movies. We'll um, put out what the actual schedule is for when those are released. Yeah. Um, we've either put it out by the time you're listening to this or we're putting it out on the day of release. Yeah. So, um, 
We're going to keep that going. Um, you can follow us on social media. Just just look at our show notes. We fuck it up every single week. It's in our show notes. Wherever you're listening, just look down. Um, a lot of you follow us on Instagram. We get DMs from people. Um, I don't even know why I bother saying our email address every week because you guys just ins- like DM us on Instagram and Twitter, which is fine. Like, it's fine. It's probably easier than Gmail because we get just fucking junk mail there all the time. Yeah. I'm saying that, and now we're probably going to get, like, a ton of emails instead of DMs. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I'd welcome them. Yeah. But, like, if you're specifically, like, requesting a movie or if you're just wanting to talk to us about movies, let us know, like... Because sometimes people are just like, hey, what's your opinion on this movie? And sometimes people are like, hey, can you cover this movie? Like, just be clear with us. We're very, like, I'm a very literal person, so I need you to spell things out. Assume I'm stupid if you're DMing us. Yeah. She's um, kindergarten level. I'm just like yeah, Jenny. I might even be daycare level. So she was the one that suggested that she needed bump. Jenny should be bumped up. <laughs> so yeah, we can't really trust. Yeah, don't Jessie trust my here. judgment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're excited to keep going this summer, and you know we've got we've got things planned, and I know we keep saying that, but like we're finally settled into our house i think and that's making things happen a little bit more now behind the scenes i know it i know it's hard to hear like us say that we've got things planned and then things don't seem to be happening but we're working behind the scenes and it just stuff takes time we kind of uh we came up with the idea for the podcast and then started recording like a week later yeah so we've gone into this very uh very head first and just figuring it out as we go it's been fun doing it like that yeah it's really fun we've met a lot of great people through it and we're enjoying it and we're like learning things along the way but it also means that we're in the very imperfect phase of things so okay i'm get i'm getting the hook they want me off i that's my time i gotta go bye bye (laughs) (laughs) it was like